1: Hey everybody, this is Sean Daly with Green Living Ideas. Welcome to Green Talk Radio. Today we're going to be talking on the very perennially interesting topic of clean energy as well as carbon offsets. And to talk with me on that topic is Gillen Tadun, who is the Chief Environmental Officer at Green Mountain Energy Company and their B Green division. Gillen, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: Well, it's great to have you. Um, I know that uh, you guys are are mentioned as being the nation's, apparently, the leading provider of of cleaner energy and carbon offset solutions. Now, is that just a PR phrase, or is that actually, have have you benchmarked that and determined that that is true at the company?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we definitely see ourselves as the leader. Um, We've actually just celebrated our 10-year anniversary as a company, so we've been pretty much around selling cleaner electricity from non-polluting sources and also carbon offsets for
1: quite a while. Well, why don't we just jump in and just tell me, tell me a little bit more about Green Mountain and, and, what, and Be Green and kind of what the difference is between the two and what your sort of day-to-day role is in being a chief environmental officer there.
0: Yeah, well, Green Mountain Energy Company started 10 years ago, and the mission of the company was to change the way that power is made And that's basically because a lot of people don't know that making electricity is the leading cause of industrial air pollution in the United States. So we set out to give people the choice of where their electricity generation comes from. And that's kind of how we started. And then recently, probably in the last three years, we've also added carbon offsets to our portfolio of solutions that we offer to customers uh, nationally, and we've put that under the Be Green uh, division in the company.
1: Okay, so the B-green refers to the carbon offset side of the business. Exactly. And, and on, on the other side of the business, in the direct power pr- production, is it really direct power production from cleaner sources, or are you sort of working with other energy companies to source it in a, in a, in a more renewable way, which is actually the term as I'd like to, to define, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a second. Um, is, it, is it that, or are you guys doing all just the direct production of energy yourselves?
0: We're actually sourcing the cleaner energy on behalf of our customers, and then we you know, put that into the grid and customers receive a bill from us. So we're actually doing the sourcing on behalf of our customers.
1: Okay, so it's kind of at a higher level where what you're doing is working with the power companies themselves to um, purchase green solutions on pe- behalf of the customers? Exactly. It, it's so interesting because we. Think, I think I always think of you know power as something that comes from you know pretty much one company that you have no choice in, and it's local and it's whatever they're doing, you know, it, whatever plant they have, whether it's you know coal, nuclear, whatever. But it really is this tradable commodity, like any other commodity on the market, where you can sort of source and trade it and source it from wherever you want. Yeah,
0: know. exactly, and that's and that's actually something that's really evolving is that especially the, you know, environmental attributes from a lot of these cleaner facilities, they're actually being traded like commodities, and that market is becoming more and more um, liquid over time, Mm -hmm. which is actually a good thing for not only the environment, but for consumers. Like you said, before, everyone was beholden to a monopoly utility provider, and really they had no say in you know, where their energy sources came from. And now all of that's changing.
1: So I think it's always important to ground listeners with, the, you know, the terminology that's going to be introduced. And, and I think a lot of these terms get thrown around in the, in the LOHAS industry. Hey, there's a term that gets thrown around, lifestyles of health and sustainability <laughs> industry, right? <laughs> yep. So renewable energy, we talk about it on the greenlivingideas.com site. Can you give us, from your definition, what renewable energy really is all about?
0: Sure. Um, renewable energy comes from sources that are inexhaustible or rapidly renewable over time. So an example of that would be the wind or the sun, right, because those are the, quote, fuel inputs into wind and solar facilities, and those resources are inexhaustible.
1: Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yes.
0: Well, hopefully, <laughs> unless we have a wind shortage someday, which you never know, right?
1: Right. What are you going to do? <laughs>
0: right. Um Another type of renewable energy resource is geothermal, using the heat, the underground heat of the earth um, as an input into generating electricity, which is pretty interesting. And then another one is um, landfill gas, and that's actually taking garbage and using the methane that comes off of landfills to generate electricity.
1: That's fascinating. Now, I've heard some about that. And that's not something I've learned a lot about so far. Uh, and I'm curious. Now, I think a lot of people are familiar with wind and solar. Um, and, and if you're not, certainly, again, go to the website and, and check it out. Either you know, go to greenmountainenergy.com or greenlivingideas.com and find out more about that. I'm interested about the, the geothermal and the landfill gases. How significant has that become in your client portfolio and in terms of customer demand?
0: Um, we've had a small portion um, of geothermal that we've used um, over the past couple of years, basically from geysers out in uh, California. But I would say that the landfill gas um, to energy projects are really becoming much more prevalent um, in our portfolio. Um, they don't produce, you know, they're, they're, they tend to be pretty small. I don't know if you've seen, you know, landfills um, so you really have to buy the uh, energy from quite a few of them to really you know, make them be a large portion of our portfolio. That's what
1: I was wondering. I was wondering about the efficiencies of that, given that factor.
0: Yeah, but yeah. it is a great resource. Okay. Um it does, it does produce very well, and as you know, turning garbage into energy, I think, is a great thing.
1: No, definitely, especially if it can, can be done, again, in an efficient manner, because some, sometimes there's these things where, yes, you can do it, but the amount of energy that's spent in making it happen, it's, it's a net loss. It's a diminishing returns, as they say. So Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, another thing about these landfill gas facilities is that they're often located in inner cities, you know, which are often non-attainment areas. So, you know, that's helping the environment right there. It's more of a localized source of energy rather than, you know, maybe a wind farm, which has to be way out in the hills and have a lot of transmission constructed, you know, to get that power into urban areas.
1: Now, I'm curious, moving forward, so if somebody's decided, hey, I want all renewable energy to my home or my business, how is that renewable energy then delivered to, to that home or business?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's the big trick, right? Because you can't, once an electron goes into the power grid, you can't really tell it where to go. So if somebody's buying renewable energy, we, what we kind of liken it to is you need to think of the electricity grid as a bathtub. And if a customer bought electricity
1: and bathtub, hmm, those don't mix very well. I'm sorry. As a,
0: right, exactly. Well, okay, forget about that piece. But if you,
1: <laughs> No, please continue with the metaphor. I actually appreciate dark humor. Sorry. Right,
0: exactly. If you think of it as a bathtub that's really filled with dirty water, mm-hmm. and then you go and buy wind power or renewable energy. New technologies are then being built and being put onto the grid and are making the bathwater in the bathtub cleaner over time, okay. but you can never guarantee that that electron from that wind farm is going to go straight into you know, the outlet so that when you, you know, turn your electronics on, you're making sure that a wind electron is actually going to your house. And that's just the pure law of physics.
1: Right, so that makes sense. Okay, so that, I appreciate that level of candor because <laughs> that was one of those things. That it sounds like kind of a you know blue sky scenario, but right. it sounds like what you're actually doing is purchasing an allocation that goes into the grid. Exactly. De- okay, and and so it's not that those electrons are like going to come to you and only you through, you know while everybody else is using gray power or right. black power. You exactly. Know. Okay, so that exactly. makes a lot of sense. So it's guaranteeing. So how does that differ then from an, an offset, really?
0: Well, an offset goes. Um, Beyond renewable energy, um, an offset deals specifically with carbon, and an offset can be generated from other green technologies that um, are not renewable energy. So, for example, we have offsets in our portfolio from forest sequestration, and that's you know tree plantings in areas that have been deforested due to natural disaster or disease. Trees take... You know are definitely carbon sinks, and so those provide carbon offsets. So not electricity based, but a green new technology to help combat the uh, global warming and carbon issue.
1: I see. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So now, um, so can you tell us? I mean, what are some of the benefits of of using or choosing renewable energy over non-renewable?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know back to what I said about uh, non-renewable. Um, you know, fossil fuel-based production, coal production um, is extremely polluting, um, you know, the high contributor to the global warming problem. When you choose renewable energy, obviously you're choosing energy that comes from clean and non-polluting sources, so you're helping to uh, reduce the carbon problem that is really contributing to global warming and climate change.
1: And you're saying it's the number one contributor. Yes. Yeah. Industrial (laughs) source. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's sort of the conventional wisdom. But I, I sometimes hear people pu- pu- putting up other, you know, sources as the biggest. And I've uh, <laughs> had a few people on this program said this is number one. But I mean, that's the one that makes the most sense to me because I mean, power makes the world go around. Literally, I mean, you know, businesses and homes and everything uh, operate. So that absolutely. Makes sense.
0: And you know, those those are validated. You know, if you, you can look at various websites uh, like the EPA. Um, global warming site or the Pew Center for Climate Change, you know, if people need more information, um, there's pretty good information out there about
1: that. Now, it's interesting that you mentioned the EPA because now you've you've drawn me in. (laughs) The EPA is currently, as this podcast is being recorded, being sued by 24 different states um, as well as a number of consumer organizations based on their not following and not embracing the whole thing about... That, this, uh, that greenhouse gases are something that need to be controlled under the EPA's umbrella and not following the regulations that have been set in stone mm-hmm. in, in the law. Um, do, what, what's your perspective on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's definitely an issue, and I really, you know, I've been following that, and I'm really hoping that there'll be a, a positive outcome.
1: Why the foot dragging, do you think? I am calls for speculation, right? but I, I'm just curious. I mean, with your viewpoint on the industry, I'd love to hear it.
0: I mean, I just think that there's probably been not a lot of support for them, you know, to, to to actually take steps in that direction.
1: Yeah, you mean you mean from higher levels? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I won't. I won't. <laughs> that's enough said there. But I, 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 that's kind of what I've been thinking too. But it's just it's amazing to me. I mean, these are the people that are supposed to be protecting us, right, in the country and the in the air, and yeah. uh, the environment, and they're completely foot dragging on the number one issue of our. Possibly of the history in this of this country and this world. So yeah, I definitely
0: would like to see some momentum, right, in that in the right direction.
1: Yeah, Yeah. well, hopefully with the PR storm that's occurred around this, uh, we'll we'll see things changes. So anyway, moving on from that. So what what are um we were talking about? We jumped into carbon offsets, and I really appreciate that definition. uh, You know that that uh, differentiation between the two that makes it a lot clearer for me. Um, tell us, when somebody says, uh, I think that carbon offsets, just to say this first, is that uh, there are a lot of people that don't believe in carbon offsets or think it's can kind of look a little bit of at it, like, yeah, it's not really as green as some other things. It's, uh, it's been likened to, uh, and I have personally, I've been likened it to medieval indulgences of paying off the, the church for your sins and things like that. Yeah. But But it's not to say there's no value in it in your estimation or actually maybe you can tell us where where does the money flow when you buy a carbon offset tell us how that money sort of flows out and what's usually done with it or at least in terms of your company
0: sure Um, well first you know in order to even get to where somebody would want to buy a carbon offset they need to calculate their carbon footprint and you know those are emissions created by activities like driving flying um, using electricity or using natural gas and so When somebody's going to buy an offset, they usually measure their footprint in terms of tons of carbon that they're admitting into the atmosphere every year. And so offsets are basically tons of carbon uh, reductions that can be purchased from various clean technologies. So when somebody buys, um, you know, 10 tons of carbon offsets from Green Mountain and, you know, Be Green, our carbon offset division, we then directly invest in carbon offset projects, such as those coming from energy efficiency, uh, forest sequestration, and renewable energy. Now, to prove that, you know, I think that's, that's the, where a lot of the skepticism arises, like, okay, so I pay this money, how do I know? Um, we actually have an independent third-party auditing firm come in to ensure that all of our customer purchases match up with actual um, purchases from carbon offset projects.
1: Okay. And, and so the, what's the third party? Can you mention them?
0: Yeah, they're called Weaver and Tidwell. They're an uh, auditing firm.
1: Okay. And and so they're an auditing firm specific to this industry or just sort of a general auditing firm?
0: Well, they have a lot of green experience, but they're also a general auditing firm and we actually have the audit posted on our website
1: okay good well, yeah. we're going to take a break right here because i have some other questions for you but uh, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors for the show and then we will be right back i'm talking with gillan Tedun, who is the chief environmental officer for b green which is a division of green mountain energy company and we will be right back on green talk radio
0: Listen to Living Green, effortless ecology for everyday people, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com.
1: Hey everybody, this is Sean Daly. We're back. We're talking about clean energy and carbon offsets with Gillen Tadun, who is the chief environmental officer at Be Green, which is a division of Green Mountain Energy Company. You can find them online at www.greenmountain.com or begreennow.com. Gillen, um, we were talking uh, about carbon offsets and, and other things. I'll let you continue with what you are talking about before the break. Um, with regards to the flow of money and, and sort of, I guess, really what we're talking about too is verifying that you're buying from uh, a reputable seller and that the, the money is going into the right place. So what are the reassurances, if any, can you provide our, our listeners who are purchasing these?
0: Um, well, I think, you know, the biggest one is the fact that we do have our books audited, and that's publicly available. Um, we also have had our entire calculator um, methodologies audited by an independent third party to say that those are in line with international calculation guidelines. Um, and that letter is up on our website. So I think we're trying to be as transparent as possible. Mm-hmm. And then, as far as the actual sourcing, um, what, that's one of my biggest roles as chief environmental officer for all of our products across the company. We have a pretty rigorous. Um, Standard of purchasing guidelines to make sure that uh, the projects where we source from are, are very high quality.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's one of the things I have to do is review all of that daily.
1: I'm fascinated, just as an aside, I'm fascinated and excited to see that there are, there is this role, your title in the company, Chief Environmental Officer, which is funny because actually it, it spells out CEO. So do you, I can know. You, in a loose moment, can you introduce yourself as the CEO? <laughs> yeah, on.
0: when the real CEO is not paying attention. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh.
1: But it's, it's <laughs> I imagine I could get you in some hot water.
0: Exactly. Bathtub
1: water, yes. Um, <laughs> hopefully exactly. not with electricity. But um, I'm curious about your background, and, and I mean I know that a lot of schools now are offering programs to help people, you know, actually, uh, there are programs that are leading towards a, a track of becoming an environmental officer in a company. Can, yep. can you tell us, just as an aside, real quickly, about your background and what kind of brought you to, to the company?
0: Yeah, well, I actually went to graduate school specifically to study these types of issues. I, I went to uh, Johns Hopkins School for Advanced International Studies and had a focus on economics with a policy concentration in energy and the environment. And it was there that I learned about this connection between electricity production, environmental degradation, et cetera. So I really wanted to work in the renewable industry. Um, I then went to work in public policy for the Texas Public Utility Commission and helped them to implement the first uh, tradable renewable energy credit program in the state which is now doing very well with all of the wind power that's being developed here. And then Green Mountain saw me and recruited me here, and I've been here for about eight years.
1: So that's interesting. So you saw this from a state level yep, at a government governmental level, and then now also from the private sector level as well. Exactly. It's,
0: it's grown that way, right, from the public kind of mandate to this whole new voluntary market that's arising, which is really nice, and a whole new level of awareness. You know, 10 years ago, really, nobody really understood renewable energy. Now it's on the cover of Vanity Fair, right? Right. So I think it's a great time to be, you know, in the private sector providing these types of products uh, to individuals and businesses.
1: Well, it definitely is. And it's amazing to me, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, there, there are people that sometimes say, you um, or, I'm sorry, it wasn't you, but in a previous podcast I did today, I'm I'm bleeding my my life together right now. But um, somebody was talking about somebody that just doesn't believe in in what. Uh, they, they, I'm not sure this is really necessary to go green. It was it was in regards to uh, to systems that they're person control systems in homes and businesses, and you know, sort of getting them to put it in the budget and. It's just amazing yeah. to me that people are still out there. I mean, when you've got chief environmental officer titles at you know the majority of major companies out there, or if not all of the major companies out there, that people are still saying, "I don't really buy this whole green thing." It's like, oh, hello. I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, how, you know that's like,
0: interesting. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, we just always say we're not telling people what to do. We are here to give people that choice. You know, and I really hope that. A lot of businesses continue to make that choice and really to incorporate it into their core business operations because I think that that's what you know sustainability is really about you know not just going in and you know being destructive to a community but really figuring out how to operate in a sustainable fashion.
1: Gillan, I have one other question for you and it's just around, around the whole idea of you know, we always like to leave our listeners with some takeaway tips. Uh, as well as a, a, vi- a viewpoint from the visionaries and the people that come on this show that work in, you know, the green industry. And I hate to use that the, the term green all the time because it's sort of again an, an ambiguous term. But in your estimation, what are some of the specific steps that people can take in their lives to go green from your standpoint in the world that have the greatest leverage?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, reducing uh, anything you can do to reduce your energy consumption is really going to make a big impact given the polluting nature of electricity production. So whether that's basic things like, you know, making sure all of your lights are turned off in your office or, you know, if you're going to build a new home, there's a new lead certification for residential homes or, you know, where they don't use a lot of electricity. Um, Things like that, I think, are really important. And then anything that you can do to cut down on transportation or buy one of these really cool new hybrid vehicles, which get great gas mileage, anything that's going to reduce your overall carbon footprint, I think, is a great first step. Yeah.
1: Great. Well, we appreciate you coming on the program and well, sharing all so the information. Much. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. My guest has been Gillen Tadoon, who is the chief environmental officer uh, at Green Mountain Energy Company and the Be Green division. You can find out more information about what they're doing with green energy at www.greenmountain.com or www.begreennow.com. And this is Sean Daly for Green Talk Radio signing off. Thanks, everyone.